Thank you for listening to the Adult Explore the Bible Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This podcast is designed to help teachers prepare to lead a Bible study group using LifeWay's Explore the Bible adult resources. Each week, we review the Bible passage for that week's study, examine some questions teachers may face, and give some teaching tips along the way. I'm Dwayne McCray, your host, and today I'm being joined by Ken Brady. Ken's the director of Sunday School here at LifeWay. So, Ken, thank you for being with us this week. Wayne, always love being a part of these ETB podcasts. Thanks for the invite. You bet. We're looking at session three of our study of First and Second Thessalonians here in the spring of 2022. Session three, we are looking at First Thessalonians chapter two, verses 13 through 20. The main point for this lesson is that a person's response to the gospel defines his or her future. There are three points, received, rejected, and focused. Received. It relates to verses 13 and 14 of chapter 2. In these verses, Paul expressed gratitude for the way the Thessalonians embraced the gospel. The Thessalonians realized the gospel as being from God and became imitators of Christ, knowing they would be persecuted for doing so. The main point is that people who receive the gospel message become imitators of Jesus. The second point rejected looks at verses 15 and 16. In contrast to the Thessalonians' reception to the gospel, Paul pointed to Jews who rejected the gospel and sought to keep the message from being shared with Gentiles. These Jews continued to press the limits and would be overtaken by God's wrath. Point for us to, to keep in mind is that rejecting Christ earns a person's God's wrath. The last point, focus, looks at verses 17 through 20. In these verses, Paul elaborated on his deep desire to see the Thessalonians in person. These believers and the faith they shared were a source of encouragement to Paul and the other missionaries. One thing we may want to emphasize here is that Paul could have easily been discouraged as a result of the opposition he faced, but instead he focused on those who accepted Christ and were encouraged by their faith. For us, we can understand that focusing on those who accept the gospel motivates believers to continue sharing. Again, we've only got seven verses, verses 13 through 20 for this lesson, and there may be some teachers out there that that scares. How can we help them look forward to this lesson? You know, Dwayne, I always look forward to these lessons that have uh, a fewer, you know, fewer verses than we might typically have. I know with Explore the Bible and some of our other products, you know, we're in that 12 to 14 or 15 verse range on some Sundays, right? But, you know, this one is going to feel shorter. It is shorter, but it sure gives us the opportunity to, uh, to maybe take a little bit deeper dive into these seven verses and, and not feeling like, you know, we've got so many that we've got to cover, you know, all of them like we would in a normal session, you know, and we would feel that pressure to, to get through, you know, the 12 to 15 verses. This time we can actually kind of slow down a little bit and enjoy, you know, taking that deeper dive, maybe even some ancillary trips, you know, to another passage or so in the Bible that would support some things we're going to learn in this session. So I'd say enjoy this, you know, uh, just walk slowly through the lesson. Um, you know, typically, uh, you know, what we see in groups is, you know, teachers that have studied all week, you know, doing a lot of talking. This particular study with the fewer verses is going to lend itself 
for uh, a group leader to ask some really good probing discussion questions and to allow the group members to talk. And uh, to all you group members that are listening to this podcast, I would say uh, for this lesson in particular, uh, make sure that your people are talking about as much as you do during the session. And so that may be a little counterintuitive. You, you may feel like, well, I'm, I'm the teacher, I need to teach. But in letting people discuss and, and uh, say what is on their heart and mind and what God is showing them, uh, you're actually helping them to teach one another. So I would say uh, do that. And then also, Dwayne, you know, uh, we may be able to take some time in this lesson since we've got the seven verses and, and to use some different learning approaches that we might not normally use. You, we might want to put people in groups of three or four, ask them to do some, you know, buzz group type work, or we might want to do uh, something else, you know, that's a little more creative than you know, we might typically do when we're just, you know, talking to the group. And so, uh, boy, I tell you, these passages that have these fewer verses, they really let the teachers you know, get creative in, in how they uh, fill that time. And so this ought to be a really, a really fun and good lesson uh, to teach here in Thessalonians. Well, it does open the door for us to use the Bible skill specifically in this lesson. The Bible skill encourages us to look at Acts 17 verses 1 through 15, which is when Paul visited Thessalonica and established this church. Mm -hmm. We're encouraged in that Bible skill to look at that passage in Acts 17 and consider the way the, the people responded to the gospel message. And then think about how those experiences that Paul had while he was in Thessalonica would have impacted how he addressed the believers uh, in this letter because there was opposition then, and now here it is a little bit of time later after uh, Paul establishing that church, you still have opposition. So reading those 15 verses as a group uh, or as individuals, asking them to read that, scan those verses, uh, either as individuals or in smaller groups, and then discuss that. We'll have the time to do that this Sunday or whenever you use the Explore the Bible resources. You'll have time to do that while leading this particular study. Ken, the big issue here in this lesson is the response to the gospel. Paul contrasts two, two groups here. Is there any middle ground? And if so, can you explain that for us? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come at it like this, I think, Dwayne. Uh, you know, in the past, I've been asked, you know, because you and I both served on church staff, you know, is your, uh, is your church plateaued? And uh, there's really no such thing as a plateaued church. You know, it's either growing or it's shrinking, right? It's one of the, it's one of the two. And, uh, and I think that we're going to make a very uh, strong case here that uh, there really is not a lot of middle ground here, right? You're either uh, with Jesus, you're either with him and for him, or you're not. You'll find yourself either in the sheep or the goats category, right? And so uh, it feels like, uh, you know, you've got to make that decision uh, one way or the other, there's really not a lot of neutral ground to stand on. But Paul is pretty explicit here that there's there's one way or the other, and that's it. You either are for him or you're against him. He also goes on to that people who reject Jesus become antagonistic. So a question that may come up was, is does rejection of Jesus always lead to being an antagonist? Yeah, you, you you can see here in the passage. Obviously, there are you know there are opponents uh, that uh, that Paul has in mind, but it does not always lead you know to an antagonistic you know relationship. There are times, Dwayne, I know when you or I and and probably those that are listening have shared the gospel with someone, and uh, and they heard it and they considered it 
and they rejected it and they just moved on, you know, uh, and there was no antagonism, you know, towards you or I or one of our listeners. Uh, but there may be some cases, you know, where the gospel was shared and it just uh, it set the other person off. It didn't, you know, for whatever reason, it enraged them. They got angry and, and maybe, you know, there was some antagonism, but it doesn't always have to lead to that. You know, a lot of folks will just hear the message and then they'll just choose not to believe and they'll go on about their, you know, about their life. And one thing we want to be careful when we're teaching this lesson is remember that even though Paul pointed out that the Jews were the ones who were persecuting the Christians here in Thessalonica and in Judea, those are reflections of his experience. And we need to keep in mind that all Christ-rejected persecutors will face a similar end. So it doesn't matter what race or ethnic heritage or whatever they may be, uh, if they reject Christ, uh, and persecute the, the people because of that, then they fall under the same category as what Paul is talking about in this passage. Ken, let me ask this question. We see this church being persecuted. We see Paul being persecuted. What principles for facing persecution are seen in this passage? Yeah, I think you've got uh, several uh, here in this First Thessalonians uh, 2 passage, Dwayne, and you know, one of the things that I noticed as I was uh, reading through is that uh, Paul makes this statement in verse 13 that uh, the word of God works in believers uh, very powerfully. I think he's chosen the word effectively here. And uh, and that, that gives, I think, me some hope that uh, as we are facing uh, persecution, as we are, are rejected and the message that we have of Christ is rejected, um, that God is still doing a great work in us as believers. And so that's one thing that I would want to take away is that uh, if I'm ever uh, persecuted or someone becomes antagonistic, I need to remind myself that God is doing a powerful work in me uh, at, you know, at the same moment. And so I can face the persecution knowing that he's you know, standing with me and is doing a good work. And then another, another thing that I saw, uh, Dwayne, here in verse 13 is that we ought to realize uh, that the source uh, of that gospel message that we've believed in, now that's, that's God. He, this is a real thing. Uh, there is a real true and living God, and he has a son who was sent to this world and died in our place, and he was resurrected. And we have a, a compelling message that even in the face of persecution doesn't make the message you know, any less true or any less effective. And so to me, there's actually kind of, I, that would embolden me you know, at that point. And then I think another one, Dwayne, is in verse 14, you know, Paul talks about, uh, you know, they were facing persecution, the Thessalonians were with people of their own country, you know, and sometimes, you know, the persecution that we, we may feel comes, you know, kind of fairly close to home sometimes, right? And so, you know, it could be that, you know, today, uh, we may be ridiculed or thought you know, less of by people in our own family, you know, because we're practicing believers, or maybe we have uh, friends that we've lost because we've chosen to uh, live for Christ, and, uh, and, and they have turned their back on us because of that, or maybe it's some workmates, you know, maybe we've stood up for something right in the workplace, and, uh, and that caused uh, some discomfort, you know, in our office setting or the workplace, and our workmates, you know, don't uh, treat us exactly like they used to. And so I think we need to remind ourselves that sometimes uh, the opposition comes from, you know, people close to us and just be ready for that and, and kind of almost expect that. Yeah, the, that kind of opposition hurts more sometimes to me than somebody who doesn't know us what, in any form or fashion. Uh, you would think that people, especially family, 
would know you and expect you to at least thought through decisions you make, but that doesn't always seem to be the case at all. It does not, no. Uh, you mentioned verse 14, and, and I didn't mention this earlier, but it talks about the, uh, being imitators of God's church in Judea. So the people in Thessalonica were following the example set by them by the church in Judea, which was dominated by Jewish culture. So they would have wondered, some people may wonder, why would Paul have made that comparison? Well, number one, Paul had experienced some of that persecution in Judea, so he understood that relationship. He also realized that these people in Thessalonica somehow had heard, either through Paul or others, what had happened in Judea, and they too understood the value of staying faithful to Christ in the middle of persecution. The commentary, the adult commentary, uh, points out that they persevered under the opposition and attack, just like the church in Judea had done, and so therefore they had that connection. They recognized that God's message had become a part of God's church, and in that sense, they had this identification mark for them, not just as a group of people, but with other believers in other parts of the world. And these folks in Judea, they had been through a lot, and they had done it. It happened at the hands of their own people, and that's what was happening in Thessalonica, too. So you see the parallels uh, that are taking place here. One thing I would point out here, too, at that point, and this, the commentary brings this out as well, is that these these uh these people in Thessalonica, uh, they would become the standard that others would look to for what it, what it meant to live the Christian life in a, in a region that, where people were uh, opposing you. So they follow the example of the churches in Judea, and others are going to follow their example, which reminds us that we are following the example of someone, but there'll be someone else that will follow our example. And they will grow because of our example, just like we're growing because of someone else's example. So that's a subtle thing that's brought out here that, that we may want to focus on during the session. Ken, are there any other key thoughts or insights that you would have about session three? You know, I don't think I do, Dwayne, other than you know, what we talked about earlier, just the fact that we've got a short passage. It's extremely rich, uh, very deep, I think very practical you know, for where uh, the church is today in our culture. And, uh, and we live in a culture where there is going to be opposition and people are watching, you know, when you were just talking a moment ago, I thought, you know, there's always somebody watching Dwayne, you know, and they're listening, they're watching us online. They're watching how we respond in social media. They are watching how we engage you know, with uh, family members and the stories that we tell about that. So, so important, you know, that we respond well. Uh, and knowing that uh, that there is a uh, and, and this invisible war that's taking place all around us, and uh, and so the battle rages and we're a part of it, and uh, we need to be very careful how we live. So, so it's such a practical uh, lesson to uh, this this coming week. Ken, thank you for being with us today. Let me encourage our listeners out there to take a look at the blog post found on goexplorethebible.com forward slash blog. Every Thursday, a new post is added. These posts will help you better understand Explore the Bible resources and the ideas behind these resources. Once again, that's goexplorethebible.com forward slash blog. Thank you again for listening to us today, and we hope you will encourage other teachers to tune in next week as we look at session number four. And in session four, we'll be looking at 
1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 4 through 13. And the main point there is seeing changed lives make sharing the gospel worth the effort.